I'm life and business coach, Samantha Sifring, and this is the Online Business Building Mamas podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Welcome to another episode of the Badass Mother podcast. I am so excited that you are here. I have a really fun episode for you this week. I also am sitting here on a Sunday morning in my office and it's before Thanksgiving. So I have a couple episodes that I am trying to get done to get a little bit ahead of everything. And I I truly like rolled out of bed, had a smoothie, had coffee while I was typing up my notes for these episodes. And I'm sitting here with no makeup, in my PJs, no bra, and it's kind of funny. I actually was telling somebody the other day, one of my clients, that this is kind of like how I used to show up to my business every single day. So I did a lot, like when I was first coaching, I did a lot of early morning sessions. My husband was working full time. I didn't have childcare. So I would get up at like 5 a.m. And a lot of my clients were on the East Coast, so they were getting in their sessions before work. I was doing life coaching at that time. Um, so I would get up at like five. I would wash my face and put on makeup for sure. But then I would like throw a sweater on over my PJs and then I would go down. This was in our old house. I would go down to my office, which was actually a closet in the storage room of our basement. And I had my little desk down there with my computer and everything. And I would coach from there, basically having just rolled out of bed. And my business is so different now. I'm so different now as a coach. As you probably know, I get up and ready and dressed. And I usually dress pretty nice every day. I you know, I'm showered, all of that. I have the dining room of our house that we've converted to my office and things are just a lot more professional and official now than they used to be. But today is kind of taking me back to those moments. So just know that it's okay to start where you start. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, in the past week, somebody in my Facebook group was asking if I had my story documented somewhere, if there was like a podcast or a live or something like that where I share my story. And I've shared bits and pieces. Like when I first started this podcast, I talked a lot about how I felt like I really lost myself in motherhood when I first had my oldest and how it was really a journey to get back to that. I've also talked about around the same time last year, I told the story of my first two years as a coach and things have changed so dramatically this year in 2019 and I really haven't done another like story from beginning until now. So I thought that this would be a good time to do it. I hope for any of you who are cooking today or prepping today or tomorrow that this is going to entertain you while you're doing that. I know that I love to listen to podcasts when I'm getting ready and when I'm cooking and cleaning and all of that. And a lot of podcasts seem to do like they bring back things from the past during holiday weeks and that kind of thing. Like they don't record a new episode and I don't like that. So I wanted to for sure give you something interesting that you would love listening to. So hopefully this will be it for you. Okay. So I'm going to be telling my story. I'm going to be answering some questions. I also had people ask me some other questions when they knew that I was doing this episode. So I'm going to be weaving it all together and hopefully it will be so interesting and entertaining and you'll hear some new things that you haven't heard yet. So first I'm going to start with kind of just a quick version of what brought me here to this point, what brought me to coaching. So for those who don't know, I studied psychology and marketing in college. My dad's an entrepreneur, so I'd worked in his business always. I always really liked marketing. 
Um, but I also thought that I might want to be a therapist at some point. So I studied those two things and I had ended up working for like throughout college and even after I had always ended up working for entrepreneurs and being in some way like their right-hand woman. No matter what job I was in, I always kind of rose to that. Even if it was retail, like I was always like the right-hand woman of the manager or of the store owner. And it was just kind of the role that I always assumed. Um, People would always come to me with their business questions or to kind of think out loud and brainstorm. It's just how my brain works. And because of that like psychology and counseling side, I would also really like to get into like the, the mindset of the customer and like the buyer behavior side of marketing and the psychological side of marketing. So that had always kind of been an interest of mine. And then I ended up after working for a little bit, I worked in a nonprofit and, um, I was put in charge of a program that was losing money (laughs) and I ended up giving it a rebrand that I had to pitch to the founder and owner of our nonprofit. I gave it a rebrand and I changed up a couple little things about how we did the pricing and it ended up making like 30,000 in the first couple months that I had changed it after being something that was losing money. So that was really fun and exciting and kind of interesting to look back on. What was really funny to me at the time is I was making 32000 a year in that job and then I didn't get a raise, you guys. Like after I made the changes in this program, like two months later was when everyone in the organization got a raise. Like it was just like raise time. But because I had only worked there for 10 months instead of 12 months, I was not eligible for a raise. This made me very angry. And this is why I'm not a good employee for other people. Things like this are deal breakers for me. And I ended up leaving the job. And I was also at this time getting my master's in counseling. So I decided I'm just going to go full time in my master's program going to be a full-time student. And so I did that after leaving that job and I got my master's in counseling. And right after I graduated from that, my first baby was born and we moved across the States to Colorado from the DC area. And I really struggled a lot with my mental health at this time. I think I've shared that before that I really had never intended to be a stay-at-home mom. I always wanted to work. And here I was, like, crying all the time, having panic attacks all the time, at home with this baby who also cried all the time. And it was a really dark period of my life. And I completely abandoned any thoughts of career. Like, it really was hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute survival mode for me for a while. And then after I had my second baby, I feel like I kind of like emerged out of the haze and started to get a sense of who I was again. And I also around this time started looking into things that I could do to make money from home. So I started a blog. I um, This was when I did my sales job where I was doing door-to-door sales <laughs> for a marketing organization to small businesses. And that was so fun. I feel like I learned so much about building relationships and the sales process and what's really most important in the sales process. That company, um, just as I was really cranking it into high gear and I was like ranking, you know, in the top 10 in the country and that kind of thing for my sales, that company went under. It was a startup and it ran out of funding and closed. And they let me and all of my clients know on the same day, like, hey, we're done. And I was on vacation when that happened. So not great. And so then I was trying to figure out what else I could do. I did some work for a friend who owned a dance studio. And once again, another area where I really rose to that right-hand woman status. 
and she had me helping her with some ideas, brainstorming, that kind of thing. I did her bookkeeping, all, all those kinds of, you know, internal things that you would really only delegate to somebody you really trusted. And then I also started an Etsy shop. So I was, this is so funny to me now. Like I hate sewing so much, so much. Like it makes me crazy. And I was sewing like bags and zipper pouches and making like hair ties and that kind of thing and selling them on Etsy and hating every minute of fighting with the sewing machine. And also around this time, a friend of mine got into network marketing and she was just really sharing naturally about it and about what was going on with her, with this network marketing company. And I decided to join. And that was kind of that like next level for me. Like I had tried all these little random things and I got into the network marketing business and really enjoyed it and really was reminded in it why I got into counseling to begin with. And it really reinvigorated that side of me. Also, during this whole period of time, I was volunteering for the local chapter of my sorority and doing a lot of mentoring of the leaders and that kind of thing, advising with them. So it was around this point where I started to really think like, what is the similarity between all of these different things that I love? I love personal development. I love helping people with their businesses. I love mentoring and counseling. Like how do all of these things come together? And what is so funny to me now is that it's obviously really clear that it's exactly what I do now. But at this time, I had never heard of life coaching. I had never heard of business coaching. Like, I didn't really know that it was a thing. My dad had had a coach. He's a loan officer. So he had had a coach for that kind of thing, like kind of like in that like real estate and mortgage industry. So it didn't really occur to me that it was something outside of that, that coaching could exist outside of that. And one day I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to tons of podcasts all the time at this time. And this was like when I first thought, oh, I really want to have a podcast someday, but what in the world would it be about? And one day I was listening to this podcast and they were interviewing a woman who had a master's in counseling. She was a former therapist and she had started a life coaching company where she worked with young women and helped them with, you know, whatever was going on. Kind of her focus was quarter life crisis. So career, dating, moving, adult friendships, adjusting to adulthood, all of those topics. And as soon as I heard it, how she described life coaching and how she described what she did, I thought, why didn't I start that business? That sounds like exactly what I should be doing. I should have come up with that. And I decided to literally pull over my car because I was driving down the highway. I remember exactly where I was. I pulled over, I looked her up, and I emailed her right there from my phone in my car and asked if she was hiring for more coaches. And she was, she was actually building up an agency at this point. So she brought in other therapists and trained them in how to be a life coach and gave them clients. She was doing really great with her marketing. So she had way more clients than she could handle herself. So she ended up hiring me like that week, which was fantastic. I worked for her for a few years. There was actually overlap in between when I left her company and when I started mine. So I actually just ended with a couple remaining clients in her business earlier this year. So I stayed on with some of those long-term clients for a really long time. So that was my start. That was how I got into life coaching and I loved it so much. And then I started having business ideas. 
I started having ideas for how to improve her business, different things she could offer, different things she could do. I started following some other life coaches as well and getting life coached myself and really growing and changing a lot um, as a coach and as a person and really wanted to explore what else was possible in this industry. So I started working for her in 2015. In 2017, I decided to go out on my own. In 2016, I had decided to completely step away from my network marketing business and stop promoting it, stop um, growing it. I had attended a leadership Um, training for it. And at that training, just looked at some of the people who were like the motivational speakers for us and realized I want to be those people. Like I don't want to be where I am. I don't want to be one of these people who becomes really wealthy in this company. I want to be the people who are coaching them. And that was a big turning point for me that ultimately inspired me then in 2017 to decide I'm going to start my own coaching business. And what was really funny is while I am excellent at helping other people in their businesses, starting my own business from scratch was not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I did a lot of the things that everybody tells you to do. I created courses. I created a coaching program with curriculum and workbooks. I even did some like workshops locally where I presented part of my program for free and then made an offer. Um, I was building my email list. Like I said, I ran Facebook ads. I set up an Instagram where I was posting memes and inspirational quotes. Like a lot of the things that you just think are going to help, are going to work to build your business. It's like what all the experts tell you that you should be doing. And it did not work. (laughs) I was not getting potential clients. I ended up paying for leads um, to get clients. So I went through, you know, they have these websites where people are looking for life coaches and you can pay for the lead and follow up with those people. So that's how I found my first few clients was doing that kind of thing and just generally being a life coach. So that's how I got that business started. And after about a year of that, I decided maybe I should shift my focus a little bit and had a lot of drama about that initially and ultimately decided like there have to be more women out there like me who have no idea how they can find their passion, how they can monetize it on the internet, how they can put it on the internet. So that first focus that I really had was helping other moms to build a business online, basically exactly what I had done. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that I can help them to get the thing launched to actually get it launched and get the business started and moving. So that was kind of like the first thing that I felt really confident that I could help people do because I had done it for myself. So the first little question that I had from somebody was how much testing and experimenting did you do before your role as a coach was confirmed and did you consider other businesses? I definitely considered a lot, as you heard, and I definitely experimented a lot in my role as a coach when I was first starting out. And what I did, like I still, when I first had this idea of helping moms with their businesses, I was still kind of hesitant because I was like, well, I don't really know like if I can help them like make a lot of money with it. I don't really know what kind of people I'm going to attract. Like, am I going to attract people that I don't want to work with? Like I had some fears around that. I had some fears around like, what are other people going to think? Because, you know, I 
am not an online millionaire and there's plenty of people who are, I had a lot of doubts about it. And what I decided to do was just set a deadline for myself to make a decision on who I was going to help and what that niche was going to be. And it was a week. I gave myself a week to explore all of my options and then ultimately make a decision and commit all in. This is what I'm doing. So that is how I really decided this is what I'm going to do. And then I went out there and was like, well, I'm just going to get clients. And so that's what I did. I really explored this whole Facebook group networking thing. I joined a lot of groups for women entrepreneurs, people who are starting up businesses, moms who wanted to start up businesses, and just started being helpful. A lot of people out there were looking for help to get started and they had no idea how to begin. They were looking for help deciding a niche, all of these kinds of things that I had really established like, okay, I know how to do these things. And that's how I got started. Just really being helpful, building relationships and inviting people onto a call. I did so many calls. Like this was the beginning of, this was like right around like end of 2018, beginning of, no, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And I did so many calls with people. I just went through some of my old notebooks and found like name after name after name after name, like notebooks full of people that I talked to and notes that I took from our conversations with each other. It was truly crazy the number of people that I talked to first in the Facebook group, then talked to in a DM, and then got on the phone, and I got so many no's. Like, what really shocks me looking back is that I even got yeses. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people said yes to me. I'm such a different coach now than I was then, but the things that I could help with, I genuinely did. So it wasn't that I didn't have experience. Like I said, I had been a coach for several years before as a life coach. So it's just interesting to think back on like, wow, even when I was brand new to this, I was still bringing stuff to the table and I still got paying clients. And this is when I started to hit like 2000 a month, 3000 a month, and it was super exciting. And I was just really getting into the potential of it, but I was feeling like, wow, I've really figured something out now. And around this same time is when I started my Facebook group, which hopefully all of you are a part of it, Online Business Building Mamas. When I first started it, it was called Launch It because it was all about launching a business. And it was really a special time, you know, like it probably had like 20 people in it when I was first starting out. And it's really fun to think back on how hands-on I was able to be with those people, the relationships I was able to develop with them. Like I really knew so much around everybody who was in my group at that time. I would tell people like, it's almost like a free mastermind or like a free group program around this time I was also running a mastermind so I was coaching business owners and they were in a mastermind with me and I remember thinking like aside from the coaching calls I feel like the people in my Facebook group are getting about the same quality with working with me like in this free group as my mastermind people so it was just kind of a special amount of value that I was able to deliver to my group at that time in early 2018. So then I had another question that I think is really relevant to this period of my business. Somebody said, how do you keep your passion going in your business when you are in a lull or just aren't feeling it for a while? Like what techniques and strategies do you use? And the reason that I wanted to address this question early in my story of my business is because this isn't something that I experience anymore. Like, how do I keep my passion going? How do I stay motivated? Um, That kind of thing in my business. Like, I don't have lulls in my business now. Like, my business is 
consistently growing and this whole idea of like when you just aren't feeling it for a while like I don't experience that in my business now um I I what I know about my business is that every feeling that I have about my business comes from a thought that I have about my business so some days now I wake up feeling down, I wake up feeling anxious, I wake up feeling like just maybe uninspired, but I immediately know how to shift out of that and it isn't really like an optional thing for me. So I remember when I was first starting in my business, I would experience like a lull or I just wouldn't be feeling it and then I would withdraw from my business for like a month. Like I remember in 2017, I it was like, I'm taking the whole month of August off from my business. And that's just not something that I would ever even consider or think about or do now. Like, first of all, I can't because I actually have clients who want to work with me and this podcast and my Facebook group and like all of these things that I engage with regularly where I'm not just going to take four weeks off. I also don't want to do that. Like if I wanted to do that, I could for sure figure out how to do that. I just don't want to do that. You know, even when I take a vacation, like things are set up to run without me, but I still have ideas for my business. I still have ideas for my clients. Like it's still... A part of who I am it doesn't really feel like something that I just like oh I'm not feeling this I'm gonna set it aside like it used to so what I really encourage all of you who are maybe newer who experience this like lull or just aren't feeling it type thing for me when that was really happening what I noticed is that it was a commitment problem that Yes, those feelings were coming from thoughts that I had. The reason I was having those thoughts was because I wasn't completely committed to what I was doing, and I also didn't believe that I could do it. So like now, I have this plan to make 400000 in my business next year, and I'm also the sole bread, breadwinner in our family now. And I believe that I'm going to continue to make the amount of money that we need to make to pay our bills and to pay my business expenses and to have extra. And I also believe that I'm going to make $400,000 next year. And because I believe that I'm going to do those things, I'm really committed to my plan to make those things happen. So even if I'm not feeling like super motivated or inspired someday, it doesn't matter. I still show up and do my work because I have that commitment. So when I was first starting, like after after that time where I was like taking months off, once I made that decision, I'm committed, I truly had this thought of like, I'm going to figure out how to make this work no matter what. And I would remind myself of that thought every day. And I it was really inspiring to me. It was really motivating and it really brought back that drive even if I had doubts even if I wasn't sure even if I was discouraged it kept me going it kept me engaged with my business so I really encourage you to find like what is that thought for you that brings you back to commitment to continue going even when it's not super exciting like our businesses don't have to be exciting for us to keep building them. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't get when we're brand new to business, that it doesn't have to be exciting for us to keep building it. It's truly something that we can just choose to do no matter how we feel. So hopefully that is helpful for the person who had that question. Also around this time, this was a big shift for me in visibility. So somebody asked, what turned it around from no one to all of the people seeing you? And it's kind of funny. I still don't feel like all of the people see me, but there was definitely a major turning point over both 2018 and 2019. But I would say 
18 was the year where I got visible in other people's groups and other people's audiences. 19 was the year where I really shifted to getting my clients entirely from my own audience. So what shifted over the course of 2018 is that I really, like I said, I committed. I committed to being all in And I had a pretty aggressive strategy for other people's Facebook groups, which was basically just like, I'm going to be in here all the time talking to all the people. And of course, like I was sleeping, I was taking care of my kids. Um, I didn't have full-time childcare for my youngest in 2018. I had her home most of the time still. So it was really like, nap times or the days where I had babysitters or evenings or weekends, that kind of thing. And I would just pop in, like I wouldn't just be on the internet all day, every day. I would pop in for like five to 10 minutes at a time and do a bunch of engagement and then pop out. I would also do a lot of posts. So I know a lot of you, you do these not good posts, you guys. <laughs> I don't want to like call you out in a mean way, but I want you to see that having a like really deep thought out long post with a picture of you, like a selfie or even one of your headshots, you see me do that in my own Facebook group because my audience loves hearing from me. They love my deep thoughts. They love me teaching them concepts. They really love that because they're my people. They're my audience. But when I was in other people's audiences, it was pretty rare that I did a post like that. And I only did it when it was like really, really good. And it was going to be super inspiring, super moving, And those were the posts that got tons of engagement, tons of likes and loves and comments and that kind of thing. I didn't just like do those five times a week in every other person's group with like a staggered posting schedule. Like I see some coaches who create spreadsheets for you to do that. And it's like write in your groups and write the different styles of posts that you're doing on the different days and like copy and paste different ones to different groups on different days. Like No, it can truly just flow from you and what you're feeling and what's on your heart and what's genuine to you in that moment. That is how I did it. And sometimes it looked like me asking like, who in here has a podcast? Are you looking for guests? Everybody wants to share their podcast. And if they are looking for guests, great. It's an awesome networking opportunity. Sometimes it would look like, what book are you reading right now? What book did you just finish? Like questions that weren't totally off topic of the group, but were something that people would really want to engage with. And every time they would, my name and my picture would be showing up in people's news feeds. Like that was a major way that I got visible by asking questions people wanted to answer. And it didn't derail the group and it wasn't fishing for my own clients. It was just becoming known to a lot of people, some of which were my ideal clients and became my future clients. I also commented on a lot of other people's posts, even if it was like small stuff, like even if they were asking, what do you order at Starbucks? I would just pitch in because the more people saw my name and picture, the more familiar they became with me, the more trust we built, the more relationship was built, even if we weren't directly talking to each other. So me being willing to take massive action on that. And you know what I really, I just decided like, I'm not going to feel overwhelmed and this is not going to feel like too much. This is just going to fit in my life and I'm not going to feel like a victim about it. And I think there's a lot of you who are like, this is so overwhelming. Like I'm in here all the time. And I'm like, really, are you in there all the time? Because if so, you're doing it wrong. I want you to track How much time are you actually in other groups? What are you actually doing? Because a lot of you will just like scroll and scroll and scroll for hours. And it's like, no, go in there for like 10 or 15 minutes, hit your top groups, 
Sort by recent posts, comment on everything you can, maybe leave a post if you're feeling it that day, and get out and get back to your life and get back to your business. It doesn't have to be this like consuming, overwhelming thing. And I think that is a mindset issue. Like how you choose to think about it is for sure how you're going to experience it. And I just chose like, this is how I'm building my business. I'm going to feel great about it. If you can't feel great about it, it's not how you should be building your business and you need to find a different way. And that's totally fine. Like I have some clients who never go on social media. I have some clients who never have built their business on Facebook at all. You know, like I have clients who have done it all through networking or some who have done it all through other things. There's so many ways to build your business. Do not be a victim about hearing one that you don't want to do or that you don't like, like, just don't do that. You're giving all your power away in your business when you do that, when you act like, well, Samantha's way just doesn't work for me, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't do that to yourself, really. Like, I want you to never be in that place where you're telling yourself you just can't do something, so you just can't be successful, and it's just so overwhelming. Like, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you're feeling sufficiently motivated to not do that and to figure out your own way to be visible. And I have a freebie. If you can't figure out where it is, I mean, it's on my website. Go to my website and find it. But if you can't figure it out, feel free to reach out in my Facebook group and I will make sure that you get it. But it is like over 50 different ways that you can be visible. So you should for sure download it if you're confused about that. But I think what really getting back to the question of what really turned it around, like I, t I told you what I did. What I think was magical about that is how consistent I was, how it was literally massive action. It was a lot of action and it was very consistent action. Like sometimes I see people who go in groups and they do massive action, but they do it for like a week and then they stop and you never hear from them again. It's the sustained massive action over time that really gets the ball rolling. And now, like in 2019, I barely go into other people's groups. They pop up on my news feed, so sometimes I'll comment if it's interesting to me. But I also think like you have to be willing to really like get the ball rolling, like get that snowball effect going and it feels so slow and it feels like a slog and you need to choose to think about it differently to keep going. But once you really nail it, the momentum picks up and it rolls on its own. But you have to be willing to do that work and you have to be willing for it to take the amount of time it's going to take. All right, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about was more getting into 2019 and the evolution of my business in our life. So this is, I got a question like, how do you schedule your weeks and days, balancing work and home life, that kind of thing. And so much of this has shifted. She specifically was asking, do you usually work nine to three every day when the kids are at school? So I'll tell you, in the beginning of 2019, I did. So actually, I would not even work at the nine o'clock hour. I would work 10 to two for most of the beginning of 2019, and I would take Fridays off. So that's what it looked like at the beginning of this year. I had, I don't know, like maybe 10 to max 14 clients at a time for the first half of this year. And I had a group program as well. Um, at the beginning of this year that I launched with another coach. And so that was a part of it too, but still it wasn't a ton of working hours. Like I for sure work sometimes in the evenings. I don't necessarily like come into my office, but like if we're just hanging out on the couch, I'll scroll my phone. I'll check in with clients, that kind of thing. I'll check my email. Like I really did like, that's dependent for me on how am I feeling. If I'm feeling that like buzzy feeling and like I need a break, then I take a break. I don't make myself work in the evenings ever. But if I'm feeling like I want to get some stuff done, then I definitely do. I'm for sure willing to do that. 
So that's what it was like at the beginning of this year. Later in the year, so about a month ago now, my husband lost his job and my work schedule shifted. So I would say in August, before he lost his job, my work schedule shifted because my coach called me to shift my work schedule and level up a bit. So that is when I for sure started working nine to three every day and I started working Fridays as well. And then after my husband lost his job, I extended my work hours a little bit. I now work until four and sometimes I work a little later if I need to, um, but if I don't want to and if I don't need to, then I don't. Um, So I typically get the bulk of my work done nine to four and I don't work late on Fridays. I My kids get out of school at 1.30 on Fridays, so I'm typically done at noon on Fridays. Although this past Friday, I took the day off and went to the spa. So <laughs> Friday's a flexible day for me. Um, so yes, I'm very serious about my schedule. And what I find is kind of like, I'm in a new period of trying to figure it out. Now that my husband is home, He does the school drop-off. He does the school pickup. I used to connect with my kids a lot doing drop-off and pickup, and that used to be a time for us to really, like, reconnect. So for me, now I'm figuring out, like, how do I get that time back into my day? Like, how do I incorporate that back in? And where do I want to do that? How do I want to do that? Family dinner, still completely important to all of us. Unless I have like a meeting for a volunteer obligation, I am home for dinner and we are having dinner together every night. Um, And then on weekends, we have a couple of different times where we really intentionally bond with each other. I think right now I'm in a season of life where it is more about the quality than the quantity. And I know that I'm in a season of my business where it gets a lot more of my time than it will in the future. So I know that once I'm scaling, once I'm not doing as much one-to-one work anymore, once I have like a group program or that kind of thing, I know that my work hours are going to be much lower. And I know that the time that I'm investing into growing the business now is leading me towards the lifestyle that I really want to have in the future. And for me, that is worth it. This is the investment of time that I'm willing to make, that I'm so grateful that I'm able to make because my husband is home and the kids really do have that super hands-on parent who's available to them in the mornings and after school and all of that. So things have shifted a little bit. Um, on that front and I know that they'll continue to shift Um, but like I said at least once a day having a solid block of no phone totally intentional totally focused family time really asking good questions of the kids when we do have that time that kind of thing um, is really really important to me so that is where we are right now like I said it's an evolution for sure Next question was, how are you constantly up-leveling and increasing your income? So I started the beginning of this year at like 10-ish thousand dollar months and I'm now at like 30-ish. And part of that has been my willingness to invest. So I joined my coach's mastermind in August. It was $10,000. It was definitely the thing that helped me to shift to 30. And what was interesting is that what I noticed is that it had kind of been on my radar to shift from 10, like 8 to 10, like that $100,000 mark, to shift to like 16, like 15 to $16,000 marks, like that $200,000 range. And it hadn't been on my radar to think about anything beyond that. And in October, well, end of September, my coach set this challenge for us to make $25,000 cash from new business. So all new clients, and it had to be money we actually received, not via payment plan. So not like sales amount. Like a lot of times when you hear 
people's revenue for the month. They're actually talking about how much they sold. So a lot of that money is what they're going to be receiving in the future. And my coach was very strict. Nope. This is actually about what you're receiving all from new clients. So not payment plans in the future and not payment plans from what you've sold in the past. And it totally freaked me out. Like I had never done a $25,000 month period, let alone brought in that much money new in a month. So I was pretty convinced that I couldn't do it and that it was unfair and all of that. And these kinds of situations are exactly the ones that really allow you to continue to level up, continue to grow your income, continue to be that next level version of yourself if you allow them to be, right? So like my coach could have set that goal and I could have just decided like, F you, I'm not gonna do that. Or I could have just decided like, oh, I can't do that or whatever, right? Like there's so many things I could have done. I decided to just try, to just see like, what if I could do this? And I ended up doing it and now I know how to make 30,000 in a month and I'm on my second month of doing it and I'm pretty sure December I'm gonna do it again. And it's my plan to do it all of next year and that's how I'm reaching 400,000. So I feel really solid that because she challenged me out of my comfort zone, it has totally set me up to be the sole income earner for our family, to hit my goal for next year really easily, and to really have shifted my business a lot. And here's what is really fantastic. I did make a couple shifts in my business, right? Like I got more consistent about my content. I got more clear about the kind of content that I write and how I do calls to action to my audience. I got a lot more clear about how I personally get clients, that kind of thing. But my offer didn't change. What I was offering to my clients didn't change. What I was doing in my business didn't change. I, She had really strict rules around it. So I mentally thought like if I could just launch a group program, I could easily hit that. But I had to use my same offer. Like I couldn't change things in my business. I had to just use what I had and change my thinking and change like some of my behaviors around it. So because I did that, it wasn't like I made this amount of money in a launch and set myself up for something I couldn't replicate every single month. I think the real gift of doing that challenge is that now I know how to replicate it every month without launching every single month. So I um, that was kind of a tangent about that, but my real secret is to continue to invest in my brain and in somebody who pushes me out of my comfort zone all of the time and has me thinking about things that I haven't thought of and who has a different perspective on my business than I do. Here's another semi-related question. Somebody was curious about my opinion on mindset versus strategy. I believe in both. So I've studied business strategy a lot. I've studied mindset a lot. I think mindset comes first. I think a lot of the problems most people have in their business are mindset ones. I think they have self-doubt. I think they have imposter syndrome. I think they're procrastinating. I think so many of the problems that are holding us back in our business are not a lack of knowing what to do. And I think they're also not always a lack of doing the right things. Like I think a lot of times you are doing the right things and it's not getting you the results you want and it's because you aren't thinking the right things. And a lot of times then the thoughts that we have change our behavior a little bit. So like I said, I had been really consistent posting in my Facebook group all year, but when I shifted my thoughts around this $25,000 challenge, I started focusing on the kinds of things that I needed to be thinking to make that happen. And it really brought to life the kinds of content that I needed to be putting out there. So while my content stayed, the consistency of it, I should say, stayed the same, the actual content shifted quite a bit. And my clients were even commenting like, you're really on fire lately. And it's because of where my mind was. It was a reflection of where my mind was. 
if that makes sense. So yeah, they go hand in hand. They're both really important. And I help my clients find the balance between them. I've had some clients where it's almost entirely strategy that we talk about. And then I've had other clients where it's all mindset that we talk about. It really depends on what comes naturally to the person, what I see them actually struggling with, and what I think is going to get them the results they want. So that's my thought on mindset versus strategy, both totally necessary. And depending on who you are, you need a little more of one or the other. Someone also asked me about my journaling process, and so I wanted to share a little bit about that. I hopefully say this enough (laughs) that I hate journaling, but I do it every day because it is so important. It's like literally the same way that I feel about flossing my teeth. Like, I don't like flossing. Like, of course, I like the after effect when you're like, wow, I'm glad that piece of broccoli is not there. me to sleep with all night as it slowly like is killing my teeth right but I don't like love doing it I don't look forward to flossing all day long I do it because I need to do it for my health and I feel the same way about journaling like oh this is taking time like just with the flossing right like oh I'd rather go to bed I'm really tired like it's the same with journaling like there's a million things I'd rather do than this but I know that I need to do it. And I don't do the same thing every day all of the time. Like sometimes I'll do the same thing every day for a month if I'm really having some you know, intention that I'm putting towards something. But the most important thing for me with journaling is really being conscious of how I feel when I'm doing it. The importance of the journal for me is that I have a shift in how I feel from when I sit down to journal to when I am done journaling. And what's also important is that I am remembering and that you are remembering to keep creating that shift in your feelings all day after. It's not about just shifting your thoughts that one time. It's about the practice minute by minute, hour by hour for the rest of the day, continuing to have that shift. It's like building a habit really. And it takes that intention all day long. I think It's more important for you to find journal prompts that really work for you, that really facilitate that shift quickly versus copying what somebody else does. So while I have an episode full of journal prompts, I really encourage you to do the work to find the ones that really work for you. Also, I give my clients journal prompts. I give them prompts for content, for chasing new goals, for building up their belief in something new, that kind of thing. So if you're really wanting stuff tailored, then we should talk about working together. Or if we already do, then just ask. Final question was, what are the biggest learnings that you've had from marketing your business? What worked, what didn't, and what surprised you the most? I thought this was a really fun question and a good way to end my reflections on my own story and this Q&A that I've done. So what surprised me the most is that keeping things simple and doing the same things over and over and being myself are the keys to marketing my business. I think that still blows my mind That was true when I was showing up in Facebook groups and it's still true now that I build my clientele by nurturing my own Facebook group and making offers in my own Facebook group. Just showing up as myself, having things be really simple. I have one offer. I'm not offering a bunch of different things. Um, Earlier this year, I was. Earlier this year, I had my one-on-one program, I had my group program, and I had a membership. And what I noticed is that it just made things so much more confusing and complicated. Like I am getting ready to do this free training called Design 2020, where we're going to be planning out all of 2020, setting our goals, setting our action plans. And I did it last year too. I did Design 2019. Everyone loved it. But I remember when I was planning... I spent a lot of time thinking about like, what am I going to offer? Am I going to offer my membership or am I going to offer my one-on-one coaching? 
And this took up so much of my time that I could have spent making the training amazing. And it was amazing, but it could have been more amazing if there just hadn't been any time wasted on the offer. Like, what's the offer going to be? Like, if it was just like, no question, this is what the offer is going to be, it would have allowed me to make the training all that much better. So having my really simple business now has been so much more powerful for me. I got rid of all of the other things in my business in like July of this past year before I joined my mastermind. I knew my coach was not going to be happy with me having a million offers. So I just preemptively got rid of them and my business exploded after. So simplicity, doing the same things over and over. So I don't have that many things that I talk about, right? Like it's all about mindset and strategy and building your business. There's not that many topics that fall under that. And I'm just willing to explore the same kinds of topics over and over in my content and people love it. I post over and over. I post multiple times a day. I do the podcast every week. I email my list almost every week. Doing these same consistent things over and over are what get me clients now. And it was the same when I was networking, when I was going to events, when I was showing up in Facebook groups, being willing to have the same conversations over and over, being willing to offer the same advice over and over, being willing to show up day after day and choose not to be overwhelmed about it. It was really powerful. And then being in tune with me, right? Being in tune with my helpful spirit, being in tune with my creative ideas, being in tune with all the things that make me, me, and putting that out there for people to accept or reject. These have really been the keys to success. And they've also been so surprising to me because of course, this is not what the experts tell us, right? Which brings me to what didn't work. So for me, this was paying for leads. This was running Facebook ads before I was really ready to. This was all the things that you think will work because you hear them from experts. Courses, email lists, being consistent on Instagram, all these things that I talked about early in my journey that really ended up not being the things that worked best for me. Same with my membership, you guys. Like that was not the right move for me. And it was just like, well, everyone's doing them. It seems really fun. It seems like an easy way to bring in some like semi-passive, but definitely residual income. And it just wasn't right. Like it's right for some people. I have some clients who have memberships that are fantastic, but it was not the right move for me, especially not when I had a couple other offers. So don't just do what you hear from experts. You really need to do what's right for you in that phase that you're in. And you really need to bring yourself into this. And then what did work, I talked about it a little bit with what surprised me, but I'm really breaking it down to the very basics. Meeting a lot of people online and off, telling them about what I do, being helpful to them, and then making an offer to invite them to the next step, a consult call, and being willing to do that so many times. These are the things that worked for me, that continue to work for me, and that I really encourage all of you to do no matter what phase you're in. And I hope that this has been really interesting to you. So I'm just going to fill in a little bit more about where I am right now. As I sit here, it was kind of sprinkled in, but I want to kind of tie up the story up until this current moment. So like I said, I actually ended 2018 um, making like, I don't know, maybe like seven or 8,000 a month. I love that I don't know. It was like very important at the time. And now I'm like, I don't know, like seven or 8,000 a month and started off 2019 at like 10, like I said, and built it to like 12, 13, kind of on my own. When I joined that mastermind, I really had a profound shift in my business. Like I said, October was 30, November's at 30, and it looks like 
December is easily going to be over 30. It's already at 17 and it hasn't even started. And this is coming from one-on-one clients, my one offer that I have in my business right now. This is coming from clients in my Facebook group on my email list, people who are following me, who are listening to my podcast, who are getting used to me in my Facebook group and the content I put out, who are responding to the offers that I'm making. And I am really excited to see where I end up the year. I think it'll be around 200,000 and I will for sure keep you updated on that and very excited about what lies ahead in 2020. So that is the state of things right now. And I hope that this has been really interesting to you. And I encourage you, if you've loved this, if you love my podcast, please go and rate and review it wherever you listen. I appreciate that so much. And it helps other people to know that they would love this podcast as well. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business. And I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com. M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O.com. 